But I'm a twin. And as such, I have a special... Special tie to your sister. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the only man I could marry would have to understand... That you, you couldn't leave your sister for any man. Oh. Yes. So I know you appreciate why you can never... See you again? Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's uh, kind of a catch-22. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Disc and Australia's favourite Simpsons-based podcast, proudly brought to you by the Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and NoHomers.net. I am Dando. I'm Mitch. How you doing, man? Week two of three? Yeah, we, two weeks gone, one week to go of the wife being away, and I have fallen into an absolutely sorry state. Yeah. Uh, the listeners out there with uh, almost daredevil-like superpowers for hearing will notice that I'm drinking from the largest cup of coffee that uh, money can buy today. Because I am in an incredibly hungover state this morning. Oh, really? Yeah, and I don't want to be one of those, oh, man, I got so... Blah, 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 I'm king of the drinks. But no, I was on my own, uh, and I watched The Big Lebowski, and I went, oh, white Russians. That sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> it's probably been about six years, I reckon, since I've drunk vodka, and I forgot vodka's ability to just knock you on the ass without you even realising. You'd be, you know, two, three drinks in, you're thinking, yep, everything's fantastic, you go to sleep, you wake up the next day, and you feel like you've been hit by a truck. I can't mix beer and vodka. If I mix them two, I'm dead. In one drink? Over the course of a night. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that was my issue, because I did start, I had like two beers at the start, and then I moved on to the White Russians, but I don't know. It could also just be the fact that I've, as I said, I haven't had vodka for a very long time, I haven't had Kahlua for a very, very long time, and I, you know, but professional that I am, Big cup of coffee. We are good to go. When you were telling that story, I instantly thought of Marge in You Only Move Twice. Which you drinking the wine. <laughs> You're sitting at the table by yourself. That's pretty much it. I was in bed last night watching <laughs> Simpsons episodes after after the, um, the Lebowski, just going through for today's recording. And yeah, drinking to myself in bed. Um, even the dog was looking at me like, dude, <laughs> what's happened? Also, I got to the point the other day where instead of doing the washing, I went out and bought new underwear. <laughs> Really? I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> Alrighty, so Principal Charming, what were your first thoughts before going back and watching it? What do you remember? Uh, I remember it not being a favourite episode of mine, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I um, don't reckon I've watched it in, since I watched it for the review. I don't think I'd watched it in maybe a decade, yeah, even more. Yeah, it wouldn't be one that I'd be, if it was flicking on TV, I would be like, oh good, it's that one. Yeah, I forgot the whole Patty-Salma dynamic. I thought it was Salma he fell in love with. I forgot that he actually went for Patty. I was the same, actually. I, I did entirely... My mind has just erased that little bit of, of, you know, from when I was younger. It's just been that long since I've seen it. I, I did forget about that whole mismatch and the kind of jealousy that was going on underneath the overall, yeah. um, you know, trying to court uh, one of the sisters. To be quite honest, even still now after watching it recently, didn't think that much of the episode. It, no. was, it wasn't something I'll go back and watch again anytime soon. It wasn't, yeah, like it's not hilarious from start to finish this one. It's It's got some good moments and some good jokes, but even the, I guess it's just, it's it's a real middle of the road episode. Like, it's not terrible, it's, it's by no means bad, but the emotional notes that they try to hit weren't super emotional, and the funny notes that they tried to hit weren't super funny. Yeah. It was just, you know, you'd get some chuckles out of it, and then you'd get some, oh, that's nice, and that was about it for me, it was like, for me anyway. Mike Reese, he said that the staff had real trouble writing stories or relating to Patty and Selma. Yeah. But the guy that wrote this episode, David M. Stern, he really enjoyed writing for Patty and Selma. I remember thinking, watching it, this is one of a very few in the first, say, 10 seasons or so, episodes based on Patty. Mm. Like, how, how many episodes are based around Patty? There's many Selma episodes, but not many Patty ones. No, they're, they're 
in general, and this would be one thing that I, it did st- stick out to me as is the first episode that I can think of that they've done entirely based off minor characters. Yep. Like the Simpsons in this take a back seat. I think Lisa has like one line in the whole episode. He says the line about, um, I hope that you won't be one of the statistically insignificant yeah. women, single women <laughs> over the age of 40 who find true love. Good yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it, for that reason, I thought it was a really bold choice and it's kind of interesting. Especially in the second season. It's still early days. Yeah. And that was... The, I, I took more out of that aspect of it that it's it's the writers starting to stretch out a little bit and go, all right, well, let's see where we can take this show and see what else we can do with it. It was the first episode to really introduce the character of Skinner in more yeah, detail. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. This really, You really feel this is where Harry um, Shearer beds down his performance of Principal Skinner. I actually wrote down, when I was watching Skinner, particularly in the last final scenes, I could like visualize Harry acting it out. Yeah, that exact same thing happened for me, but it was earlier. It was at the dinner table when he's infatuated with Paddy and she's telling a story about how they've gone off on a trip. He's like, oh, marvellous. Yeah. Just marvellous. And then how Selma comes in with the side and she chimes in with his, uh, something about camels. Oh, yes, I've heard that can be difficult. Yeah. So, Paddy, <laughs> like that, the way that was drawn, I just, I wasn't looking. I, obviously, I was looking at Skinner, but I was seeing Harry in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this episode was also a few firsts. It was first appearance from Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. I, I didn't realise that this was when he'd started. I, I mean, it was so late. I thought it was earlier. Yeah, same. I obviously knew he was in this episode, but it wasn't until he actually... I saw him and was like, holy shit, that's the first time we've seen him. Yeah. And he originally wasn't going to be a long-time character, long-term. It was just like a one-and-done. Yeah. And Castellanada voices him. He actually tried a Spanish accent first. Oh, really? And they thought it was too stereotypical. <laughs> and then he went to the... the <laughs> they went Scottish. Well, that's fine. Yeah. And then the next one he tried was... Quote, dumb Swede, the big dumb Swede accent. Okay. And they shut that down as well. Like like, Olaf kind of asterisks and obliques type thing. If I think of big dumb Swede, I think of the... um, Swedish chef. The Swedish chef, (laughs) yeah, from the Muppets, yeah. But hopefully we wouldn't be talking about that. Hoody, (laughs) hoody, Yeah. And then he said it on Scottish and I thought, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah, that. that'll do. Yeah. That's good. And Willie, his voice is based on Angus Crock, who's a kilt-wearing chef on a comedy sketch show called Second City Television. Okay. Well, shout out to you, Angus. As well as Jimmy uh, Jimmy Finn Laysom, who was a Scottish actor who appeared in 33 Laurel and Hardy films. Okay. It's a bit of fun fact. Were they largely silent films? I'm not sure. I've never seen a Laurel and Hardy film. I could be no, wrong. No, it could, couldn't have been. If, it was, if he's there for his accent. Well, that's the... Inter- I don't, yeah, I was like, maybe you met him. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yeah. No, but this is from like the 40s, 50s, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They would have been talking by then. And it was also the first appearance of Hans Molman. Yeah, although a little bit of trivia, not as Hans Molman, no. according to his driver's license. What yeah. was his actual name? Ralph Mellish. There we go. So Very weird name. It is a weird name, Mellish. I don't even know what that sounds like, actually. That's really hard relish? to kind of place. Well, yes, it sounds like relish. It rhymes with relish. Um, but I more meant about nationality. But, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe somewhere like, I don't know, upper Europe. From the world of the Molmen. Yeah. The yeah. Mole Underground. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason he's called Molmen is because he looked like a mole man. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's what Grady went with. Yeah, yep. yeah. All right, so let's get into the review. So it starts off with Barney calling Homer. Tell me about Greasy Joe's Bottomless Barbecue Pit. It's called Greasy Joe's Bottomless Barbecue Pit. Oh, oh, I can still taste the sauce between my fingers. And are you ready for this? It's all you can eat. This is like some beautiful dream. I got so excited about just listening to that. I'll yeah. be honest. Part of this is also just because I've been living alone for a while. But um, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, this sounds like the greatest place in the world. And we don't have many all-you-can-eat places in Geelong anymore, do we? No, we don't. It's because normally all-you-can-eat places are shit food. Yeah. And they go out of business pretty quickly. Yeah. Because they just serve up, you know, 
slop by the masses. Do you remember Smorgies? I do remember Smorgies. Uh, Smorgies was uh, fantastic um, as a child, awful as a 15 or older yeah. uh, restaurant that uh, was situated on Cunningham Pier down in Geelong. Really, really nice picturesque spot. Right out in the water. Yeah. That same place is now what it's supposed to be and is actually a nice restaurant right out <laughs> on the water. Sold you the seal though, man. He kidnapped you. A little animatronic seal that would sing songs and yeah. talk about Gary Ablett, Geelong's greatest footballer. <laughs> Remember how when you were a kid, like you went there just to see Salty? Yeah. And it was like, have you seen Salty? Have you seen Salty? And you get there and then you realise like 10 years later, it's still saying the same story. Yeah. 10 years after Gary Ablett's retirement, they were still talking about how he's kicking goals every week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like every 15 minutes or every 20 minutes, they well, would have every, this, Maybe half an hour. Every half hour, they'd have this big animatronic light show. Lights go down, music's loud and you're like... Oh man, I can't yeah. talk to my partner. I tell now. you what, that was the best time to get to the dessert bar because all the kids oh, yeah. were like sidetracked. <laughs> so you'd be like, oh, I'm going to stock up on all the soft serve. You know what I hate when you go to all you can eat places and they sell fries instead of chips? Oh yeah, that is frustrating. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of fries in general outside of like you can't McDonald's. Have fries with gravy? No, or steak or something like that. It yeah. doesn't work. You need a big fat. Steak cut. cut chips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why they're called steak cut. You know, the one good thing that Smoggy's actually really did was um, they allowed you to put your own cinnamon on donuts. Uh, th- really? This is the only place that I've ever seen do this. They would have donuts come out on a conveyor belt and you'd grab them with tongs and they had this big bowl of cinnamon dusting. You yep. just pop them in and you, I could, don't remember that. you could have as much or as little as you pleased. It's like when you go to Pizza Hut. Remember you used to make your own dessert at Pizza Hut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'd have Pizza Hut all you can eat just up the road, about an hour drive away in Ballarat. Yeah, well, just up the road. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it for Pizza Hut all you can eat, man. Trust me. So anyway, so Marge is exercising in the kitchen. Homer walks in and tell her about Greasy Joe's Bottomless Barbecue Pit. Funny visual here. Did you pick up on it? Um, I've got five words for you. Greasy Joe's bottomless barbecue. He looks to his other hand. Pit. <laughs> no, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I was busy writing down about the fact that Barney no longer lives opposite Springfield Prison. Doesn't he? No. He was in the in, in the scene where he's lounging in his couch. Just nice, clear, sunny, kind of rolling fields out of his window. Oh, okay. Still in the that. same slovenly mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Maybe a different window, though. He's living in like a one-bedroom yeah. apartment. He doesn't have different windows. He's lucky he to have one. one yeah, um, but no, I think it's you know it's, it's just a reminder that we're still at that point of the show where they haven't really locked down the geography yet, and they that still haven't. Man, for the sake of a joke, they will just move anything next to whatever it needs to be. If you can get away with it, why not? Yeah, know? exactly. So Homer's telling Marge that we have to go to Greasy Joe's, and she says, "Well, I'm not sure whether we got anyone to look after the kids. Maybe Patty and Salma." Mm, Saturday night. Well, I'm not even sure my sisters will be available. I'll take that, but... My favourite little bit about that exchange, though, was Marge, uh, you know, she's initially reluctant to go to the barbecue, telling Homer you you promised that you would limit your pork servings to five or six, six per week. Six per it's week, like, yeah. Marge, I'm only human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it cuts to the DMV, and I feel like they did a really good job of capturing what a DMV would have been like when you could smoke inside. Just that it's really depressing. The, the dank. Yeah. The dank dander. The dank. Yeah, good way of describing it. They call, so they call them up. Hmm. Well, if you have other plans... No. It's no problem. Mm-hmm. We'll beat it before they throw out the bouquet. And what they do in this scene straight away is set up the dynamic, particularly of Patty, as just hating romance and... Not so much men, like not exclusively to men. She just doesn't like affection in anybody. Yeah. Um, like, you know, where the the guys that are getting married are just looking into each other's eyes and he kisses his wife to be's hand. She's like, get a room, you yeah. two, save it for the honeymoon. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I did like, from a craft point of view, they initially set that up to then, you know, explore throughout the episode. Well, they reveal in this episode, I had no idea that she'd taken a vow of celibacy. 
Well, well, you know, vow of celibacy or just deciding to hate. Like, I'm sure yeah. she hasn't done it to become a nun yeah, or something. Yeah, I know like that. that, yeah. I'm pretty sure she... I thought she used the word vow. She may not have. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. That's, um... It, well, yeah, Marge Marge did. Um, and it's one of the great zingers that Marge has ever had, actually. Like, the, the first half of this episode, I was probably a little bit flat on it early uh, when we were describing the overall feel of the episode. The first half is pretty funny. And Marge's line um, that we will, it comes up a little bit later, but where she's like... Um, hmm, it's Patty who chose a life of celibacy. Selma simply had celibacy thrust upon her. <laughs> That's really, really funny. It's not very often that Marge gets to deliver the witty yeah. zinger. I remember hearing that, and it went straight over my head. Yeah, yeah that's right. funny. So it cuts to the uh, the wedding, and you start to get a feel for the character of Salma here because Stanley's telling a story about how they met, and actually Patty just ruined everything for Salma there. Yeah, because Stanley was actually going to go for Salma. You actually really feel some compassion for Salma in and this episode. The whole episode, you do. Yeah. It's one of the first ones that kind of, or not one of the first, obviously it's the first, but as you said, like a lot of the writers weren't a fan of writing for those two characters, whereas... Um, they seem very one-dimensional, didn't they? Where, yeah, whereas in this episode, they've kind of mined that and, and kind of looked back and gone, all right, well, they're very bitchy and they're very catty, but why? And yeah. and, and got into that a little bit, and it, it humanizes them as opposed to them just being the cranky sisters. I suppose if you're a writer, you would sort of think we've made them seem so hateable. Is that a word? Hateable? No. I'm going to create a word here on Four Finger Discount, hateable. Okay. And make it very easy for you to hate them. Yeah. Um, Is that proper English? <laughs> that's better. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're very... I'm too hungover to think of think of complex words. I'm, I'm speaking in monosyllables for they're very negative. Podcast. They're very negative people. And I think if you're a writer, you would have thought, how is it going to be possible for me to make the audience feel sorry for them? Reese said that they couldn't relate to him, but I think it's more a case of they probably just didn't want to take on the challenge. Maybe. It would have been a tough one to do. It's probably not also not high on the list of priorities. Like, if you're sitting down going, what am I going to write about? It takes a very particular sort of person to go, oh, I'm going to pick these two. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did you notice before they have this conversation about, you know, you have to go out and find a, a man for my sister, there was a really, really great bit of production uh, just on the uh, audio side of things. So Homer's in bed lying after the all-you-can-eat. And they just went to the effort of creating the rumbling, gurgling sound of his stomach. Yeah. Which I thought was so, so great. Like, it was such a tiny, tiny little thing. And it's only because I've been in that position before where your stomach just cannot deal with the amount that you've thrown <laughs> at it. Uh, but that, that was it. I was, it would have been easy to have Homer just lying there moaning about having too much in. Yeah. But no, they just went... They went to the effort of making that noise, which I thought was really, really cool. What um, do you reckon they used for that noise? A sink. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I How don't know. scary was the sink when you were a kid, when the, or the bathtub, when the water's going down the hole? Yeah, yeah, that was terrifying. Oh, you get life. your finger stuck in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, you get something else stuck yeah. in there. But yeah, I would love to hang out with the Foley guys, like the guys that make sound effects from, from the back of nothing. Like, I remember chatting with a filmmaker once who was doing a short film where someone got stabbed, and they were the sound effect for that, they were stabbing a watermelon, and they spent an entire afternoon with different objects, just plunging them into a watermelon to try and figure out which one sounded the most like a knife going into flesh, or as you would imagine that would sound like. It's just little fine details like that that really make a movie, isn't it? Nothing worse than an unrealistic sound effect of someone being punched. Like like a comic book. Yeah, yeah. It really can take you out of it. But anyway, back to this. It was just one of those... As we always say, that there's never a wasted moment in these episodes of The Simpsons, and that's just another one of those little details of filling in in the background that... It could. It would have been fine without it, but it's just so much better with it. Took like last week with the dog drinking out of the cup. Didn't need to have it there. Yeah, put it in because it was be- just because know. they could. Yeah, yeah. Well, then Marge asks Homer for help to find somewhere a man. 
Yeah. Homer, you will find her a man. All right. I like how the reason he asked to is because he made a, a deal, said, I owe you one for letting me take you to see the, the bowling pin-shaped the, car. The bowling pin-shaped car. <laughs> that is one of the great vacation photos of all time. We, we should try and get a still and put that up on the page. Oh, it will be. Homer wearing this awful shirt, <laughs> smiling at the camera, and Marge looks like she's dressed for a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> Just off on the side, head down. Have you ever made a bet with your wife? Not a bet, a deal with your wife. Promise something, and then she's actually said, "All right, well, you owe me one." Remember that time, and you've, you thought to yourself, "I didn't think she's actually going to call me for that." Uh, yeah, I'm sure I've done that. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but that's um, it's definitely something I'll do. And you like, know, you yeah, can't yeah, say yeah, no. Right. We'll make, we'll, I'll, I'll make it up to you. You promise that? Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> and you can't say no. No, that's how I end up watching. Um, P.S. I love you. I think actually it was P.S. I love you. I I reckon I'd gotten about. I still haven't seen that. Ten or fifteen movies down, like that I'd pushed on Ash that she didn't want to watch. I was like, like I promise, if you watch this, we'll watch P.S. I love you. And then eventually she called me out. I was like, okay, that's where you should have said, I'll watch P.S. I love you if you watch Star Wars. I should have, but there were I had other priorities at the time. I was not impressed when we watched Star Wars (laughs) here, and she like fell asleep. You do not fall asleep during Star Wars. I, I noticed that she hasn't been invited back since. <laughs> Nicola actually enjoyed Star Wars. I was like, I succeeded as a husband. Star Wars is a fun film. N- N- Nicola goes, the other day it was funny, she says, because it was on TV, Star Wars on free-to-air TV, and she goes, I can't believe I actually know what's happening in Star Wars now. I understand the story. <laughs> and I was like, success. <laughs> to go to the episode, so we're talking about how uh, Marge has asked Homer for help, and this is where they had the whole celibacy talk. Yeah. Do you think they always planned for Patty to be lesbian? Or do you think that was just something they thought, oh, we could actually go with that angle because she's never really been with a man? It just seems to be something that they do a lot on the show where like, they've had characters for a while. They go, oh, let's make one of them gay. <laughs> let's see what we can mine out of that. It's a wonder they didn't really do more Patty episodes. Like, it has been so many summer episodes, but no Patty. Well, I guess as a viewer, it's really hard to tell the difference between the two. Yeah. So, you, you know. Or the hair. Yeah. Yeah, even you struggle. I do. I've had it'll be edited out, but I've already had to stop four or five times and look at my notes and make sure that I say the right name. You like Skinner? I am. It's. Uh, I'm really bad with twins in general. I I lose track of them all the time. Yeah, like, there are two. There's some guys named Dylan and Hayden who I've known since they were like three years old, and everybody else can tell them apart, and I have no fucking clue <laughs> ever as to which one's it's which. It's worse when they had the same color hair. Yeah, well, for a long time they had identical haircuts and that sort of thing, and and, yeah. and that made it really tough. But now, like one of them has long hair, one of them has short hair. I still forget. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they change. Uh, well, I w- wouldn't you. Yeah, if you were if you had an identical twin, wouldn't you screw with that? Like, I'd, I'd get a job and just take turns of what, shifts. What we always thought would be fun because they play cricket, and you know the the league that we play. Like one week you'll be batting, the next week you'll be bowling, and the, yeah, the yeah. games are played over two weeks. One of them's a really good batsman, one of them's a really good bowler, and we've been saying for ages that they should have always just played. Like, no matter whatever was happening, you'd have them both in the change rooms, then you'd toss the coin and go like, yeah. right, we're batting, and you send him out, and then the next week you get the other guy playing under the same name. No one would ever know. Like, how could you possibly know? They just think that it was the greatest all-rounder that had ever existed well, in Geelong cricket. Well, they, they could both play the same game every game. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, when it comes like half-time or whatever, they, they just switch. The and switch. Yeah. Classic. That'd be genius. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't Why know. They do I'm that? so annoyed that it's never happened. <laughs> it would be great. Mark Wall, Steve Wall been doing it for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we cut to the, uh, to the school, and I really enjoyed Kabapu here. She's saying, Sodium tetrasulfate is highly caustic and can remove your skin. Say when! <laughs> 
And then she just spills it anyway. Spills it all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that was pretty funny. The reckless chemistry uh, in school. Sodium tetrasulfate. Yeah. It was. I also like Martin's line here that it's uh, used in preservatives for fast food. Yeah. And then he says that it, it, that burns it can grass. destroy you. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gives Bart the idea that it kills grass. Yeah. Sets up later in the episode. So Homer's looking at work. Very. Terminator-esque the way he's looking at the characters yeah that was a pretty funny uh, movie parody yeah Uh, and I just love that he's so focused on it but this this was before Judgment Day came out wasn't it 91 uh, before Judgment Day but post but Terminator 1 was already been there for 10 years yeah yeah um, I thought it was funny that Carl's name is actually spelt with a K when he's looking through Homer's eyes. Oh, okay. But it's always a C from now on. Yeah. And who's Miss Finch? Is that the one that takes the helmet off? Yeah, the woman. Oh, well, just a... Looks like a, a season two version of Mindy. She's just a woman that's there for the joke of being a woman, basically. She yeah, doesn't yeah. need to be anyone. Yeah. Did you notice the cons uh, when he looked at Smithers, by the way? Jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Homer looks at Smithers the same way you look at Smithers yeah, at the moment. I exactly thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is a joke to Homer in this episode. Or it, in, it, it's up so, until up this until point, point of the show, yeah. yeah. And then we cut to Bart at school and he's revealing to his friends that he's going to kill the grass. Yeah. And they're like, dude, that's one step too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was, they're all looking on... They're looking in admiration, but also like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that moment when there was, there was always one naughty kid at school that would just do anything just to get attention? Hmm. And there was always that one point where you're like, this is probably one step too far, but you never told him not to do it. But you made sure that you were not associated with it happening, <laughs> but you were close enough to watch it happen. <laughs> I was one of the great, yeah, like, just give him a little nudge type yeah. guys in the background. And then hide behind the corner while the teacher yeah. tells him. Dude, tells dude, them. you shouldn't do that. You should. You, you really, that's going to be hilarious, but you should not do that. <laughs> So then Homer's now at the Quickie Mart and he's looking for, still looking for a man. Yeah. I look at where he sees a complete stranger. Yeah, yeah. And I like, I love how that, it like freeze frames and then the guy, like, but then eventually the guy just looks at him. And yeah. Because like, <laughs> it's sort of, it's acknowledging Homer is just staring at this person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the complete stranger's pro, nice stride. Yeah. <laughs> Like when a piece is, um, he's looking at a poo, and a poo's like, I am loath to interrupt your meditation, sir, but the time has come for money to change hands. Oh, sorry. Alrighty, so then he cuts the skin of finding the word Bart in the field. And I like Bart's, his, his escape goat was, well, might have been one of the other Bart's. There are no other Bart's. Uh oh. Didn't think that one through very <laughs> yeah. well. There's also a great, and uh, similar to that, hello, that sounds like a pig falling over when Principal Skinner yeah. is praising the school cafeteria's tater tots. Wait a minute. It smells like sodium tetrasulfate bonding with chlorophyll. And then you see him running up the bell tower, like running up the stairs. Now, did you pick up on what movie this was from? I knew it would have had to have been something. Uh, Vertigo. Uh, ah, Jim okay. Stewart, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Um, I was looking down the stairwell. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, which is, um, I think, towards the end. Like, if you're watching Vertigo, it's around about the hour... F- Hour 10, hour and 15 mark or so. I know that because I'm a super nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, it's actually given that this episode is the episode that we have Luke Nash uh, providing his Jimmy Stewart impression. I yeah. Thought, I watched that. that went perfect. <laughs> little Jimmy Stewart connection. And he wasn't bad at the impression either. It's fantastic. For, like, stick around for the end of this one because yeah. it, it's... A lot of the time when listeners are like, yeah, I can do this. I'm like, uh, yeah, we'll see yeah. how you go. This was great. Like, he oh, did it. I was awesome. like, oh, shit. Um, I, I went back and re-listened to mine. I was like, okay, no, I'm I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm going to be better here. <laughs> <laughs> so, it cuts to Skinner. He's got Bart in the office. And yep. he gets Bart to call Homer at work. Well, he actually calls Homer at Moe's. At Moe's. Moe's is listed as one of the emergency contact details yeah. for Homer. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. That's funny. Yeah, it's like home, work, most. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, that's good. And then um, he gives the classic homosexual prank call. Yep, yep. Hello, is Homer there? Homer who? Homer sexual. 
Before we get to that, there's a great pun and visual joke in Skinner's office as well, where Skinner yeah. talks about how, oh, I wish we could go... Uh, something the about... Board of um, Education. Yeah, I need to call on the Board of Education, and then it cuts to the wall in a case of emergency break glass type scenario, and there's just a paddle called the Board of Education. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, that is one thing about school that I'm glad didn't happen anymore when I was there. Yeah, I didn't get beat up by teachers at the very least when oh, I was at school. Right. It was nice. <laughs> uh, so, getting back to the episode, Homer discovers that Skinner is possible homosexual. Yeah, God, that was so funny. Good, so, so, that's when it cuts back to Homer's Terminator vision. And yeah, cons, possible homosexual, yeah. spelled Homer. And it's part of... Like, do you feel like Homer is now starting to become a little bit dumber? Yeah. And that's a real example of that. That Yeah, like j- basic spelling, literacy, and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think we pointed out in episode... In season one, he's a bit of an oaf, but he's not retarded. Like, he, he, he's kind of... Clever in season he's one. Bad he, handwriting. Yeah, bad handwriting, <laughs> but clever in his own way. Yeah. Um, whereas now he's starting to just become a little bit more... Dim-witted. Dim-witted, yeah. Yeah. He was more oblivious in the first season. Yeah. Now he's becoming a baboon. Yeah. <laughs> so he invites Skinner for dinner yeah. to meet Bart's Stella. face, brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's, it's exactly what you would imagine. <sighs> face when, palm. <laughs> like, if you're a 10-year-old and you found out the principal's coming for dinner, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> So he answers the door and it's I thought there was this episode there's a lot of funny exchanges between Bart and Skinner. Yeah. They really set up the Bart Skinner dynamic for future episodes. Yeah. Particularly it reminded me of um Sweet Seymour Skinner's bad episode. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same dynamic where Bart's getting away with murder. Yeah, and then they have that kind of little bit of friendship but then as soon as the status quo returns, then it's back into no, we can't be friends anymore. Yeah, yeah. So Selma's nervous for the day. She doesn't want to go in to meet Skinner just straight away. So mm. she sends Patty in, and that's where it all falls apart. And it's just love at first sight. Yeah. <clears throat> Principal Skinner, allow me to introduce you to my wife's lovely and available sister, Selma. Hey, Tubbs, I'm Patty. What? Patty. Don't! Oh, wrong one. But it's not Homer's fault. Homer did everything right. No, it's right. not Homer's fault. You know, again, though, this comes back to like that not being able to differentiate between the two sisters. Yeah. I didn't notice. Again, I was only half paying attention at this moment because I was either writing or researching or doing something. But yeah, like they're talking. I'm like, oh yeah. So he, he meets her and like uh, again, I couldn't remember which way the episode went. And then he's like, Patty. I'm like, oh shit, it's the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky that Ash doesn't have a twin sister because there'd be some trouble. Uh, lucky or unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let the listeners decide. <laughs> so Skinner falls for Patty. And I felt really bad for Selma here because I don't think the characters are drawn that ugly. Are they? Patty, I suppose when Patty's asleep, she looks very manly. Patty's very manly, but Selma's not so much. Slight differences. It's only a slight tweak away from what the other characters look like. There's a scene Mm. where um, Marge and Selma are both cutting out coupons that if you... She's fit as in that that scene. She's Um, a skinny ass. Skinnier, yeah. But uh, the face in particular, like their actual head structure is almost identical. There's some really small differences in the eyes, but then the rest of it is just the hair, and it's kind of like the window dressing around what's going on. But yeah, their face themselves, they're not hideous. They're just drawn with some slight kind of mutations, I suppose. That's a bad word. (laughs) (laughs) When she was doled up for a date with Barney, she looked all right, man. Yeah, better than Barney did, that's for sure. (laughs) Didn't have a fly flying around her. So it cuts to the dinner table, and you really liked this scene, didn't you? Where she's telling the stories. I really liked the way it was acted by Seymour. Uh, well, by Seymour. By Seymour. <laughs> by Harry, but as Seymour. Yeah. Tell me more about your trip to Egypt. <clears throat> Nothing more to tell, really. The Nile smells like cattle rot, and they've got horseflies over there the size of your head. Marvelous. 
just marvelous. Well, Selma hated Egypt too. A camel spit on her. Oh yes, I've heard they can be difficult. Cuts to the school and Bart's starting to plant the grass. And this is the debut of Willie. And at first the accent wasn't 100% there. But when he says, You'll be back. You haven't seen the last of Willie. That sounded like Willie. That, that sounded a lot more like Willie, yeah. When I was watching this first, because I couldn't remember virtually anything about this episode, because I knew going into it that it, it was meant to be a one-and-done character, I thought that might have been a funny gag they put in there that you haven't seen the last of Willie when you actually were going to see the last of Willie. that was the last of Willie? Probably. Yeah, but, you, but no, but you don't. You see him at the end of the episode. I told you you'll be back. Ah, uh, yeah, sorry, that's true. Yep. So it was actually set up for that. For that bit, yeah. Yeah, for that later in the episode. Which is less funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then Skinner lets him off because because he's in love. He's in love and with he's Patty. His way in. He tells he tells more about the chocolates. Favorite or what, chocolates. Yeah. 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 Bart's starting to see here. Ooh, I'm getting the benefits now. I'm glad that he's dating my auntie. Yeah. Bart it clicks in his head that he can start to milk this, and then we'll get to it. But as Skinner falls more and more in love, the school turns more and more into chaos because he's just too happy to punish anybody for yeah, anything. Yeah. We're starting to see a side of Skinner that we hadn't seen up to this point. Yeah, well, we'd never seen him for a really long period of time either. He's yeah. only ever been in one or two scenes, and generally his scenes have only lasted for 30, 40 seconds at a time. Like, this is the first extended look that we get at him. And I think at this point, the writers didn't have him living with his mother. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Because he said, oh, a home-cooked, home-cooked meal, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes Patty on a date to yeah. the revolving restaurant. Did, did, you, did you see what the name of the room was called? The Sit and Rotate. Yeah, it was yeah, funny, wasn't it? Very funny. Good yeah. good job to just sneak that one by. I just liked the um, the stuff that was happening outside the window as they're rotating. Yeah. I uh, What I also had a, a bit of a chuckle at, and I imagine many uh, of our female or Simpsons female fans would have really enjoyed is her getting doled up for the date. Like Marge helping her wax her lip and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. just like, is this really necessary? Yeah. <laughs> you don't look like Yosemite Sam. <laughs> exactly. That's Marge's second zinger. Yeah. For for the episode and probably for the entire show's run. But yeah, so the sit and rotate room. This is where we start to see them bonding over a kind of dry hatred of everything. They hate the same things. Yeah. Seymour real like he's trying to be nice early. He's like, mm, food just tastes better when you're revolving and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But then it's not until he kind of gives the waiter a dressing down. Ex student. Yeah, yeah ex student. And then um comes back with standardized test scores and never wrong. <laughs> and, and then like she kind of laughs and he's like, Oh, so this is the way in, just yeah. a little bit of cynicism and negativity. Did you see what was happening outside? Uh, I don't want to gloss, gloss over that. Okay, so there was one guy that was going to kill himself. Yeah. And Wiggum was trying to talk him <laughs> off a ledge. Yeah, don't jump. Um, there was the prison. There was the prison riots. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, the, the, the big water hose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that were the two main things that I spotted as well. How high is the prison? Yeah, that's true. It must be. <laughs> it's, uh, How lu- high was that building? Luxury apartment prisons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're starting to see another side of Patty here. She's starting to, I wouldn't say fall for him at this point, but we're starting to see the girly side of Patty. Yeah, she's starting to, like, those barriers that she's been putting up for so long are starting to come down a little bit. Yeah. And then she, he wants to go on another date. She says, I'm going shopping on Thursday or something. You can come with me. I'm going night. food shopping on <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> uh, because <laughs> Tuesday was out because she had a microwave cookery class. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what the part where you said the back at home. And I thought, if you go back and watch that scene where Salma is cutting coupons with Marge, watch it again, man. She is skinnier than Marge. Obviously, it's a, a mistake, but she, mm. she looks fit as. She's never looked better. So. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love the way she, when she's talking about Patty. Like how she- she's always been the lucky one. Two minutes younger. Skin like a china doll. And bosoms till Tuesday. If I was a woman, even not as a woman, when I die, I would be more than happy to have that on my tombstone. Yeah. Skin <laughs> like a china doll and bosoms till Tuesday. <laughs> it's probably funnier if it's as a man, actually. Yeah, yeah. And then Homer says, or Marcia says, There's still plenty of fish in the sea. Right, Homer? Oh, yes. Plenty of fish. 
You just don't have any bait. I thought Homer was a bit cruel to Selma in this episode. Yeah, but he's, he's cruel to both sisters all the time. He doesn't really like either of them, so... Yeah. It, it fits with, with his view of the in-laws. This is the first time they've made Patty and Selma different characters. Yeah. They've always been the same. Sorry, I'm distracted because I've just noticed that uh, there's a one of your dog hairs... Uh, or one of the hair from your dog is uh, on the end of my microphone, and I think I just licked it. It's Are stuck you on sure my tongue. It's from my dog. Well, I, it's it's too straight to be anything. You're not allowed to do with that microphone when you go home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be one second while I just pull this out of my teeth. <laughs> Continue. You throw me the hair, right? <laughs> I've thrown <laughs> you with the hair. It was in my mouth. <laughs> Uh, so they go to see Space Mutants Five. Now, isn't it actually yeah. exactly the same as Space Mutants Four? Yes, it is. Which is, um, it's probably. Did it have the Aussie guy in Space Mutants Four? No, they they weren't Aussie. I don't. At least I don't think they were Aussie. I'm pretty sure they were American yeah, teens they, in Space Mutants yeah, Four. Yeah, And then they have. <laughs> I'm worried about what happened to that dingo. Ah, oh, it's probably just a wallaby. Yeah, <laughs> some really really bad Amer- Australian accents. But they're trying to be bad. Yeah, yeah. Of course they're trying to be bad. Yeah. That said, it still came out at a time of. Uh, American culture or you know film and TV culture there weren't any good Australian accents going around like still, still we have bad ones man yeah like have po- you seen um, Pacific Rim uh, no no I've avoided oh, that but do they have an Aussie in God. that God. That's no an American playing an Aussie or an English guy uh, playing yeah, an Aussie yeah, that's what I why don't you just hire an Aussie well that's the thing <laughs> this, the greatest one of all time is in Point Break so the end of Point Break where, filmed in Australia <laughs> uh, filmed down at Bells Beach apparently um, down here it, in the hometown it, it is the least Look, like, that street is nothing like any... Well, I don't know where they filmed that, but it sure as shit is in Australia. <laughs> but they have... Steve Phelps is, uh, like, an extra. He's he's just a surfer that's walking away from the beach who has no dialogue, but he's an actual Australian. And then they get an American to play the cop, given that, well, get him when he comes back in. I'm yeah. Like, what are you doing? You've got Aussies on set. I who are actors? Back then, they didn't trust us. <laughs> to say one line. <laughs> they didn't trust him to just... Properly say, we'll get him when he comes back in. Well, name famous Australian actors from like the 80s, besides Olivia Newton-John, because she hit a big with Greece. Paul Hogan. That is one, yeah. And they, they, they took the piss out, they're using to take the piss out of Australia. Um, Brian Brown. I don't know who that is. What? I will probably know who it is, but I just don't know by uh, name. Brian Brown's um, Breaker Morant, uh, Dirty Deeds, um, uh, uh, one of the greatest Australian movies of all time, Two Hands. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, there weren't many. Okay. That was my point. Yeah, true. But I mean, now, as I now, said, when you've already got one standing there. Oh, I completely agree, man. Yeah. It makes no sense. But I'll just assume that they just obviously just didn't trust him. Yeah, must have been. <laughs> so getting back to the episode. So Bart's getting away with murder now. And I like that when Skinner's walking through the school... There's a throwback to Bart the Genius. I am still a wiener. Yeah. Spray paint on the wall. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it's um, really cool. I guess when you've had enough episodes, then like you can start mining yourself for comedy. Like yeah. that, That's a really nice tipping point. It would have to be as a writer where you can get away with laugh, like, you know, throw extra laughs where there wouldn't have been one. Yeah. Patty's now allowing Skinner to kiss her. And Selma sees this, and she's just heartbroken. And Real ugly kiss. Oh, not good at all. I mean, I'm sure it's distorted by the peephole kind of fisheye lens, but yeah. wow. But she, you can see that it's really starting to get to Selma now. And you, you can generally feel sorry for her, because she's the one that was set up for him. She's the one that actually wants to be in a relationship, Yeah, but she's got nothing. Yeah, doesn't even have Jub-Jub at this point. <laughs> nah, it must be hard having a twin. Unless you're the better twin, then it's probably easy. Like, if, you're, if, if, <laughs> like if you get everything. If you're the ugly twin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there'd be nothing worse. So Skinner tells Bart that he's going to actually ask uh, Patty to marry him. I'm going to ask for your Aunt Patty's hand in marriage. Your funeral, Seymour. The fact that he's referring to him as Seymour here yeah. is just another like little thing that he could just get away with anything. Yeah. Did you ever call a principal, uh, a principal, a teacher at school by their first name? No. Nah. 
Not even no. when you're like year 12, year Never. 11? Not even now, if I see them in the street, would I have the courage to do it. I think I would still call them Mr. Whatever. It just wouldn't feel right. Yeah. I saw a primary school teacher about well, a month ago. Yeah. Still called him by his, by his Mr. Yeah. Mr. Durkin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just, I wouldn't even know what the first names of most of my teachers were, to be honest. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like one that I can actually think of off the top of my head. You just drilled for so long to call them by that name. Yeah. It's just, that's who they are. Yeah. You know, in um, Queensland, they were very big on calling their teachers sir, which is something that didn't really, really? carry through into Australia. But when I went to sc- I lived in Queensland for a couple of years as a teenager, and yeah, everything was um, sir. So then Homer um, is still at Moe's looking for a man for someone because Skinner's gone with Paddy. Yeah. Barney throws himself into the draw. Yeah. Well, they're in, Homer. I'm not a picky man. Uh. And th- this is the point I was talking about before where I felt Homer was a bit rough on her because he's saying, I think he even calls her a heifer at one point, but not to her face because he doesn't realize she's around the corner listening to him. Yeah. It was a side of Homer that I didn't really like. It was a little bit blunt. I suppose they call him names all the time, don't they? But is it always, is it usually Selma or is it usually Paddy that calls him the names and is rough? Isn't it both? Yeah, I suppose up to this point, they've always been a duo where now they're start- we're starting to be introduced episode, to the softer side yeah, of Selma. This episode yeah. separates them a little bit, but it, it's still, obviously, they've got a lot of history where they don't like each other. And stemming back, like, you know, it's not like it's just been since they got married or anything like that from way back in um, the way we was. Like, they hated him from day one and they were mean and insulted him as teenagers. So, yeah, so he deserves, he, he deserves to be able to pay him out. Well, yeah, like the... It, it is a bad side of him, yeah, but I mean, there's a reason behind it. I like, think it's just the subject matter of, I'm not going to be able to find her a man because she's a heifer. It just comes across quite, like you said, up front, but I guess it's he has a right to be It's probably to- a line that you wouldn't get away with writing these days, to be perfectly honest. He's, he's, he's not really name-calling there for the sake of being rude. He's just being... He's just being disrespectful. And honest, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which, even, she, she, even she says he's right. So, like yeah. we say, he's, she's conceded, and... I really feel sorry for someone that even she knows that her time's up, you know? Well, that's just depression, though. Like, that she's depressed by that moment of realising that it's not all going to go her way. So, you could have said anything about her and she'd say she's right. That you know, it's, it's not a concession to say, yeah, it's okay to call me a heifer because I think I am. Yeah. Do you have anyone in your family who's, like, in their sort of category, like 40, still not married? Uh, well, does 40 and divorced count? There's about no, eight of them. No, because see, Selma hasn't experienced love yet. Yeah, true. She's 40. That would suck, wouldn't it? I feel like it'd, it'd be a real struggle to come to terms with the fact that you might not ever be married. Yeah, possibly. Well, not possibly, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm, each to their own. I'm sure there are some people that would be okay with it. Did you always want to be people, married when you were younger? Or did you always have plans? Like what you've no. got now? Is this what you planned? No, what? I never thought this would happen. Neither did I. Um, I thought no one was going to let me make a, a room of cards, wallpaper, and, and <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Uh, no, well, look, both of my parents divorced, remarried, re-divorced. My grandparents are divorced and remarried, and then some of them recently divorced again at seventy. Good on them. Uh, really? Yeah, got to seventy. And went ah, we're done. Yeah, good work. So I, I just grown up watching marriage not work yeah. at all. So I was like, nah, well, I guess that's probably not going to be the way things go. It, it was it was very much growing up with an attitude of well, I'm not going to make that mistake. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, this is this is very much not what I was expecting to be doing at 27 years old. Yeah, well, fair enough. Not that I'm not happy, you know. How could you not be happy? That's that's um, the one thing that I I do think that will make mine stronger is the fact that I have been so cautious of the idea of it that I was like, well, when I started to feel that way, I was like, shit, this must actually be pretty pretty powerful. Advice to all of our male listeners out there who are our age and single. How much does it turn your life around when you find a woman? <laughs> or does it steer you on track? Yeah. I, f- stop, me, stop me sleeping in all the time. Five years ago, I was living at home with my parents, spending all my money on drinks every Saturday night, doing Actually, nothing. Yeah, there is that. I've be, Financially, I'm yeah. a hell of a lot more responsible. Yeah. And I as a result, to, I can enjoy a lot more things. I can go to JB Hi-Fi now and not buy anything. 
Isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> I still, I do that occasionally where I just walk through the aisles. Just browsing. Yeah. Just seeing what's there. And I had the restraint. I pick something up and I go, you don't need it. Yeah. But I have to be sober because if I get in there a little bit drunk, then then all hell could take loose. <laughs> then I start looking around at the like, ooh, 50 months interest free. I, I can't <laughs> wait till the moment. I'm sort of saving up to when I get my payout from work and I buy the, the big 75-inch Samsung TV that's in there. I go in there all the time just to look at it. Yeah. Probably be like 85 by the time I get in. I want to buy yeah. the biggest Samsung TV they have when I get my payout, right? Yeah. And it's going to be like me. Like, I have $500 to spend, my good man. What do you have? Behold, <laughs> the ultimate bug. <laughs> Behold, the ultimate LED. Yeah. <laughs> so where were we on the episode? So Skinner's now going to ask Patty to marry him. Takes her up the uh, the bell tower. Yep, a la Quasimodo in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ah, that's Qu- what it was. Quite a lot of movie references throughout yeah. this episode. Oh, there really was, yeah. And he used, I thought it was funny, he uses Bart's technique to ask her. Uh, for burning the grass. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that was, a, again, a really cool throwback. And yeah. also a sign of how much Skinner has moved on from caring about the school. Like it, oh, he, yeah. He's, all he cares about is is his love. Which is understandable because clearly they're trying to set up that he'd never had love before. Yeah. Very, in the same vote as Selma, I guess. Him and Selma would have made a good match, I think. Him mm. showing the amount of love that he has to Patty. If he had done it to Selma, it would have been a good relationship. Yeah, definitely. We wouldn't have got the classic making babies in the closet with Kabubble scene, though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he asked Patty to marry him. And I thought, first thought I've gotten here, I thought it was a bit lame, her excuse for not wanting to marry him. But then I, th- really? then I thought about it more... And I realised that she was deliberately lying for the sake of Selma. Yeah, she was. It was a really selfless act from her to give up her chance at happiness because she couldn't crush. She knew how much it would destroy Selma that, if they got married. Yeah, but at first I didn't think like that. I thought she was just saying that oh, because I've got a twin sister, it will never work. That's the way I sort of. Oh, right. No, no, no. Then I thought more about it. I thought, oh, yeah. no. And it's a great moment of realization from Skinner as well. Yeah. And, and the other thing that this does is shows just how much they are on the same page. Like, in that he can read exactly what she's thinking of. Yeah. And then, like, reads it and then processes it a second later. He's like, oh. And, yeah. You know, no hard feelings. And it's just kind of, well, this can't be. Well, no, well, when she drives off, he genuinely cries. Oh, he's upset. But, I mean, yeah. like, he's not angry at her or anything along those lines. He's understanding of it. Now, when he goes back to the, the school and he has that shouting moment, is that a, a piss take of a movie? Gone with the Wind. Is that what that is? Yeah. So, I've still never seen Gone with the Wind. Um, the, the giveaway for that is the sky. That's what the, I thought. That has yeah. to, because the way they've designed it, it has to be a, yeah. a movie takeoff. Yeah. You know what really annoyed me about this, actually, is that I was watching... Because there's so many... Simpsons film references. Yeah. I picked all of these ones. I was watching, I was like, oh, that's that, that's that, that's that. And I was really feeling happy about myself. I'm walking in today, I'm like, I've got all these, I've done all this, I've done all this work. I've watched it and I've recognised all this stuff. And then I open up the uh, Simpsons um, guide. uh, Complete guide to our favourite family. And they're all listed. And you know what annoys, like, Uh, not every episode has all, in this book, like, it's maybe one out of every ten has movie moments that are listed on here. This one had them all. It's like, you bastards. Yeah. (laughs) The book has stolen my thunder. The the listeners think, I always just read the book. Yeah, exactly. But no, (laughs) Mitch has watched an awful lot of film. I'm, I'm very impressed that you knew, like, the Vertigo one and stuff like that. Yeah, well, the Vertigo, the thing for that is Vertigo, uh, Alfred Hitchcock was the first person to do, oh, what's it called? It's that zooming in, zooming in, zooming out technique where basically you pull the camera away as you zoom in on something. Um, Jaws is the other really famous one where it zooms in on the chief's face on the beach. Oh, when the shark's getting the kid or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, and that was the thing. It was was that technique. You're like, oh, that's Hitchcock, which movie? Vertigo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought the farewell from Patty was nice too. Good night. Sweet principle. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was that was a really nice just little pun. Word, yeah. Not a pun, it was a wordplay, but it was usually good by Sweet Prince. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then she goes to rescue Selma from her date with Barney, 
I kind of felt sorry for Barney here, but let's be honest, he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, date. and he moves on with it. Time heals all wounds. Yeah. Hey, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the- you said, though, it was a good moment for Paddy and Selma, where you see that they've, they share a bond. Even though they're, they're different people, this episode explained that they're two different people, but they still share a bond unlike any other. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention my favourite line in the, uh, from Barney, and it's just because it's another really good word for comedy, when he uh, rocks up, how he doesn't even know what alcohol he has, but it's like, I got you some... Schnapps? Yeah. <laughs> I really love schnapps as a word. I don't know why, but just whenever I'm out, like if it's, even if we're just shouting beers, whatever it'll be, if I'm going up to the bar, I'd be like, schnapps, schnapps, schnapps. <laughs> I feel like you're becoming an alcoholic, man. You need ash back. Uh, I feel like I've just been a dormant alcoholic all this time, yeah. and I've just, now that I've I've sort of been let loose a little bit, well, and I can- Well, make, the cat's away. It's not, like a, it's not like Ash has an issue with me drinking or anything like that. And it's also not like I drink and then get into a, a fit of rage where I throw things around the house. They drink just, more than us, do they not? Yeah, well, certainly nights where we've caught up, often there'll be a bottle of Malibu and Coke yeah. getting passed around. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it's more that I've, I've just reached, I think it's just that I reached a point where I was like, I hadn't really been drinking a lot for a very long time. And now I'm like, there's this whole world of alcohol and, and I've got, you know, the other aspect of it is that she's away and she's on like a travel budget, like her, her work pays for her meals and that sort of stuff. That's awesome. So I've got a little bit more money to spend. So oh, I okay, can go yeah. out and kind of stock my shelf with all the spirits that in the past I'm like, eh, I can't really afford to spend 50 bucks on a bottle of bourbon or, you know, whatever it might be this week. I don't, I don't know why I said bourbon. I'd never drink bourbon. What have you treated yourself to besides the alcohol since she's been away um, that you wouldn't normally? I've eaten out a little bit more often than I normally would. As in gone out and eaten or got takeout, brought it home? No, gone out. Like, oh, a, bit, a bit of both, but I have gone <laughs> to a couple of restaurants. Going out to like a, a table sitting there by yourself. There's nothing better than that for me. Really? I take a little notepad with me so it just looks like I'm a travelling journalist or something like that. <laughs> really? Exactly. I play a character. Even though it's in my own town and probably I'm going to see someone that recognises me. But I, I just... sad. I make it... <laughs> no, you got to make it look like you're doing work and then you're kind of dark and mysterious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, ribs. I've, I've gone out for ribs, burgers... Those sorts of things. Um, in- Where was my invite? Uh, Fucking rude, It's kind man. of been impromptu. What are you doing tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, I'm doing nothing. Okay. Um, free plug for anyone listening. Sporting Globe, which is a chain of restaurants, but the, uh, there's one in Geelong. half price ribs on a Monday night. I don't eat ribs, but I'll come to Sporting Globe because I love Sporting Globe's palmy. Okay, cool. Well, you have the palmy, I'll have the ribs. The only baked palmy in Geelong. They bake it. Yes. What do you know? Yeah. That's a healthier version. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go, Sporting Globe. Where's our money? Where's our free palmies? Yeah. <laughs> we'll oh. have to, you'll have to get this edited really quickly and then we can take it in and go, hey, we did this. Yeah. <laughs> Here's all of our followers. Can we get a free meal? So, uh, is there much, much more to say about this episode? The Bart's forced the back to, um, thing- to, to fix the field and then Willie says, I told you you'd be back. I thought it was odd that it ended on a freeze frame. Yeah, the only thing that I thought that was strange is that just that final scene felt a little rushed. Like it did, it was didn't it? slapped in there and then the episode ended. And I was listening a little bit because of that. I was like, I popped the audio commentary on and there were, the writers were saying that they did feel like they'd written themselves into a corner a little bit and they weren't sure how to get out of the episode. That's why I thought that Paddy's excuse was a bit of a cop-out until I looked further into it. Yeah, well, that was actually all done by um, Jim Brooks, they were saying. Like, that whenever they needed an emotional payoff, he was the man that they would Brooks, go to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, he kind of came in, wrote out that whole ending scene of, like, the goodbye, my love, and goodbye, sweet principal, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, then it, it still just felt like they were like, oh, we've got that other thread there. We'll just have a quick callback um, and then, you know, end credits. Like, it just lacked a little bit of punch, that final shot. Well, then they say that maybe that final scene wasn't meant to be in there, which just made me think that maybe Willie's line was meant to be funny in the sense that I, you haven't seen the last of Willie. 
Yeah, possibly. So maybe he was originally planned to be, that was the only time you'd seen. Where, where do you think this episode should have ended? With Skinner yelling at the guy with the wind parody? Mm, no, that that wouldn't quite have worked either because he's saying tomorrow's another school day, but then you don't see it. Like, if, if that had have just gone out on the end there, you, you'd feel like you were missing a scene. I feel like they needed... But I, it, it needed the last scene in the sense that it needed to show that things had gone back to normal between yeah. Skinner and Bart. You know what all it is, is I reckon that the last scene just needed to be 15 seconds longer. Fleshed out with another joke or something. Yeah, uh, and I guess that's just a runtime thing. They couldn't have done it. But had it been just that little bit longer, it would have felt more complete. And what was the entire field? Oh, that's just a dick move. Yeah. I, I feel like they've just gone, all right, we're going to resod the entire field. Yeah, I thought it was a bit rude, a bit harsh. A bit. Skinner. <laughs> poor guy's got to go and hand drop every individual seed on <laughs> the entire field. <laughs> yeah. It'd take months. So, what are your final thoughts on this episode? Um well, pretty much what I'd said at the start, that it was interesting in the the fact that we got to see some stuff mined that wasn't, you know, that we haven't seen before. They got to dive into some other characters. Overall, particularly the back half, not as hilarious. Still funny enough, and it's still a good episode. It's just not one of the better ones. I'd call it a necessary episode in, this, in the character of Skinner. Yeah, yeah. It, and Patty and Summer, I guess. But, yeah. uh, but they do a lot in this episode to set up the differences between Summer and Patty. Yep. But they never really go back to it. Until like maybe yeah, season 15, true. 16, when they reveal that Patty's a lesbian. They maybe explore, explore maybe again, them. part of that though is just that they would have, if they, they've had to get some, they've had to get Jim in to fix this episode up or finish the episode. So obviously the writers are in a position where they weren't overly comfortable writing for these guys or basing stories around them. Well, that's, Mike Ray said that, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's why they've, you know, they did it and then, and then went, eh, all right, well, we got away with it, but. It's not high on the list of priorities to get back into. But because of this episode, we got classic episodes like Black Widower and A Fish mm. Called Selma. I love A Fish Called Selma. Oh, I didn't realise how good it was till I was an adult. Yeah, right. It's just oh, a great episode. The uh, Sleeps With The Fishes is yeah. still one of my favourite <laughs> lines. What did we learn, Palmer? All right, so what did you learn from this episode, Mitch? What have I learned? That uh, back in 1991, a wedding ring... Or an engagement ring, rather, should be yeah. two months' salary. I believe now that's been bumped up three to months? three. Yeah. yeah, inflation. Yeah, <laughs> I learned that happy hour at Mo's is five to five thirty. Alrighty, so let's get into some trivia. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I actually have something this I've time. Got, I've got good. three questions. Oh Jesus, you, you're always overloading. All right, well, uh, you go first. I love trivia. That's why. I yeah, I love <laughs> trivia. All right, Willie is based on Angus Crock, as I said, from a comedy sketch show, Second City Television. Mm-hmm. Who played that character, and what Simpsons character did he voice? Ooh. What year was the show on? I have no idea. Okay. Does he voice a recurring character or just a one-off character? One-off character. Very, very popular. My, it did make our top ten list. Uh, okay. Well, then just based off of pure weight of odds, I'll say Albert Brooks. No. Okay. He's not a one Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Thomas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rex Banner. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. You go into your question now. According to this episode, where is the Bowling Hall of Fame? The Bowling Hall of Fame? No idea. Where? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Of course. The, the editor the car. I had that written down. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. I didn't think of that. Damn it. All right. Good one. Uh, uh, name three characters in line at the DMV besides Molman. I. Otto? One. Okay. One of the cops there? Nope. No. Okay. Uh, I, I got no idea. Otto was a guess. Yeah. No, Otto. Uh, a poo? Yep. Who's coughing in the smoke from someone who's smoking a cigar. Sylvia Winfield, yep. neighbour. Uh, we have Krusty, Ms. Albright, and Barney, who is sporting a child on his shoulders. Oh. Now, I've taken a freeze frame of it to put it on the page to ask, does anyone know who this child is and who it belongs to? <laughs> <laughs> and my final question is, David, and Stern, David M. Stern wrote this. Yep. Now, which beloved movie villain is his brother famous for playing? 
Oh, uh, uh, one of the Wet Bandits from yes, Marv Merchants from yeah, Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Stern. Yeah, I didn't know that they were related. Yeah, but, brothers. Yeah. Um, again, to give you to give the listeners at home an idea of how my brain works, what happened then <laughs> is I went Stern, comma, and then sort of ran through. I was like, who do I know with the surname of Stern? Uh, Daniel Stern. He was a villain. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, one of the most beloved uh, voiceovers of all time, Daniel Stern from the Wonder Years. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the yeah. other thing you did. Yeah. We need to start a movie podcast, man. Your knowledge needs to be <laughs> needs to be shown. Uh, the thing is, while my knowledge is good, there are still so many people out there that would run rings around me. It's I know, man. I reckon it would work. Okay. Well, messages. Would you listen to me talking shit about just any random film? I reckon it would work, man. It would work. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We can do some test shows. People are writing they want us to do a Seinfeld podcast as well, and it, well, I'm a bit hesitant because you don't want to do it. And if you're not into it, it won't work. It's not that I don't want to do it. I would love nothing more than to sit down and talk about Seinfeld, to be perfectly honest. Why don't we? Because we still have full-time jobs. Yeah. <laughs> no, all right. Again. It's coming. If Yeah. If if I, if there's enough people out there saying, I'll listen to that as well, because it's going to be nice to like to not have to build it from scratch again. If we can get some cross-listening yeah. going on, then then I'm 100% up for it. If I'll do whatever you guys like. If you're listening right now and you would generally be interested in listening to us do a Seinfeld podcast or a movie podcast, message us. Yeah. Because the more people that message us, the more chances of it happening. Yeah. Now, time for the mailbag. Jamail! Jamail is here! Yes, Homer, the mail is here. Calm yourself down. That zipper, man. All right. What do we got in the mailbag? I'm going to give a quick shout out. This is uh, this came through relatively recently. The actually. wedding one? No, Jordan Wright has uh, sent through to the page. He's three episodes into his new podcast. Thanks for the inspiration to do it and if anyone wants to find it. So, he's posted a link. It's on our page. Um, go and click post to page. You'll be able to find it here. He's got it up on SoundCloud. He also said that he really enjoyed our last podcast. So, thank you very much, Jordan. So, it's a wrestling one, and I'm a wrestling fan, so I'm looking forward to listening to it, because then he posted it on their page this morning. Yeah, so, I mean, 100% disclosure, we haven't listened to it, yeah. but I'm, you know, I look, check it out. If you like wrestling, just see what it's like and, and give a guy a hand. It's um, called WrestlePod. Yeah, and for me, it's it's exciting that we're, in, I've said this before, but the fact that I'm inspiring someone to go out and do something else is really, really cool, and, you know, kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Normally, I inspire people to punch me in the face. The fact that I'm inspiring people to <laughs> the go do something I nice. have to have, man. <laughs> uh, what else? We've got to give a shout out to Kevin Ball, who sent through a, a pretty funny photo. It was, um, he's decided that we are the two guys underneath the, the homeless guys under the bridge, <laughs> tickling, tickling each other with feathers. Yeah, I love that. That was great. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good summation for our friendship, <laughs> the, the way things work. And final shout out that I'm going to give is a big thank you. We've already shared this photo, but this is from Keith Nettam, uh, yeah, who sent it? through a photo of real life Homer Simpson. So, well, it's him. That is Keith. Oh, that is Keith. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And he runs the bakery. That's at, fantastic. And gave out free donuts on Halloween. Yeah. So Keith, he's bald, has a goatee, larger man. Yeah. Uh, but without you know, without being well, super he, he, he deliberately dr- tried to dress up like Homer that day. Ah, right. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> he just look like Homer standing in front of a window full of donuts. Yeah. Uh, really, really funny photo. That's Great his job. bakery. Yeah. So that, that that's shout outs. We'll get into some questions now. This is well on the spot. We haven't actually discussed this one pre uh, pre show. But Rob Kelly from New Braunfels in Texas. I've never heard of New Braunfels before. That sounds a little bit too highfalutin to be a Texas town. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, hi, guys. My sisters and I were wondering what y'all thought. <laughs> that, <laughs> he wrote that. He wrote that. <laughs> uh, my sisters and I were wondering what y'all thought the golden age of The Simpsons might be. I answered this. I said that I think I remember saying that season six, season seven-ish for me. 
Okay. That's when I felt I was really in their stride. Yeah. Um, Everyone goes for the earlier seasons. I go they? five onwards, personally. I really, really like That's too open. Five. Like five to what? Like the golden five, age? Um, five to eight. Okay. So you're going like three seasons. I, I yeah, cut okay. it off at eight. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a... Just having a quick look, actually. He has a very, very cool banner photo on his Facebook profile. It's um, similar to the artwork that we've been putting up, uh, or that we shared of... of um, the Simpsons oh, he's, yeah, no, he has yeah. he's stolen it that's the one I put up oh, I didn't realise it's Fight Club yeah so it's <laughs> Bart and Milhouse dressed as Tyler Durden and whatever Ed Norton's character's name was in Fight Club that's Matthew Schofield the guy we're going to be interviewing Simpsons animator we're going to be interviewing in next Sunday morning yep in Australian time we're going to be interviewing so he'll be up in a couple of weeks time He's an animator, The Simpsons, and those p- pictures we put up, the movie parodies, we had uh, Mr. Burns' E.T., yep. uh, the really good Pulp Fiction one with Lenny and Carl. Lenny and Carl, yeah. yeah so he drew all of them, so we're going to be interviewing him next week, so yep. stay tuned for really that excited. He also worked on The Iron Giant. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. I mentioned about how much I love The Iron Giant at all <laughs> in this podcast? And he's actually, I was actually talking to him yesterday, I asked whether he celebrated Thanksgiving, and he goes, yeah, well, I've been living in America for 20 years, because he's from Brisbane. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't realize he'd been in America for so long. Yeah. Uh, okay, and now we're going to move on to Katie Long, and I'm breaking tradition here. I'm going to include two questions from the same person Ooh. in one mailbag, okay. but I have my reasons. Firstly, she starts her message, hey, Mitch and Dando, mm. promoted to number one, baby. Somebody wrote, um, I can't remember who it was, but they, because I wrote that when I shared out the podcast, the latest episode, they put asterisk uh, Mitch and Dando. Ha <laughs> The, the public vote is starting yeah. to swing in my favour. Uh, love your podcast. My fiancé is the biggest Simpsons nerd I know other than you guys. I knew this from the moment that I stepped into his bedroom and saw a big fuck-off uh, Simpsons cast poster on his wall. He's 27. I have the exact same poster in I'm, my garage. It doesn't surprise me. And I'm 27. Me. Yeah. I did not run away. I stayed with that nerd and we're due to marry in 2017. Awesome. So, congratulations very much to you guys. Uh, I love that you found love. I love that you both... Well, I assume you're both fans of the show. How good is oh, it? When- no, yes, the next line. We both love your show and would love a shout out. How good is it when you find that person that will put up with you? Yeah, well, <laughs> husband and wife are listening to us. That's what ex- that's what excites me more. Like, which means they're going to have kids eventually, and their kids are going to listen. Their to kids us. are going to listen to us. <laughs> I would like to think that people are listening to us, maybe during moments of intimacy. That'd be cool. I made that exact same sound effect to Ash while on the phone. I think you said during intimacy. No, not during intimacy, but <laughs> during was, phone intimacy. Uh, not, <laughs> not quite, but during the, just during conversations of that nature in general. Because yeah. you know we've been away for two weeks, and then oh, it was. Um, I was kind of taking taking the the Mickey out of the idea of phone sex, and then you know I was like, so so what are you up to? Wow, she hung up on me. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, no, actually, she'll be she'll call me out on the truth of that. But I feel like it's better if she hung up on me. <laughs> she did say, and that's killed everything. <laughs> anyway, uh, so no, congratulations to you guys. I love the fact that you're both listening to the show, and and good luck for your wedding next year. Send some photos. Uh, she does say that she's trying to find some piggy cufflinks for the day. They are available. I'm sure they are. So if Dando, if you know where they are, we need to send her a link. Or if any listeners out there know where we can buy some piggy cufflinks for these guys. I'll Google it while you get to the questions. Okay. Questions that we've wanted to have. Question one. Mm -hmm. What is your favourite Simpsons episode set in the future? Mine is Lisa's wedding. That's mine as well. Uh, I was going to say that for for a whole episode. Oh, it's hers is at Lisa's wedding. Oh, sorry. Yeah, hers is Lisa's okay, wedding. Yep, yep, yep. Ours is also both Lisa's wedding. And Alan's, uh, her fiancé's is husband... Sorry, holidays of future past. Now, the only thing that I wanted to do to kind of expand on that a little bit, I've asked her, will she accept our favourite, like, flash-forward episode? Oh, sorry, not episode, but segment. Like, when the characters are 
envisioning the future and what's yeah, going yeah. to happen. So now uh, this is off the top of your head. What would yours? Because the two that come to mind for me are um, I wash myself with a rag on a stick. I was about to say that. If it's just a moment, wash myself with a rag on a yeah. stick. And or when Lisa's fat. Yeah. and uh, Mum was watching her stories. <laughs> <laughs> and Bang Bang Bart. Oh, yeah, that is good. I love Bang Bang Bart. Yeah. Lisa's Wedding Night as an overall episode. The ending, how great is it? Yeah, it's really, really sweet. I wrote him again. <laughs> <laughs> I um, found the cufflings, by the way. Oh, okay, brilliant. 50 Australian dollars, and they are on Etsy. Okay, cool. Dot com um, slash au slash listing. Yeah, bride and groom pig wedding cufflinks, handmade with polymer clay, inspired by Lisa Homer Simpson. There you go. Can you um, send that link to it? I'll do it right now when you get to just ask the next question. I'll post that on to her. What was that message or a post? It was a message to the page. It was a message to the page. All right, Katie, I just messaged it to you just then. The there link. you go. <laughs> That's uh, Look at us. We're, we're bringing people together. Yeah. We're helping out with love. I think we're now officially wedding planners, which means yeah. we can charge her $350 for that message. Who's, who's Lopez? <laughs> Nobody gets to be Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is in that movie? Is it McConaughey, is it? Is it McConaughey? The wedding uh, planner. I'm pretty sure it's McConaughey. God, that's such a bad film. <laughs> um, <laughs> or is it? No, it's not. It's not um, Affleck, is it? No, it's not Affleck. Uh, that was jiggly or whatever. Foppish. Anyway, uh, question two: Have you ever said a Simpsons quote in a reference, and the group that you're with completely don't get it? So when have you thrown out something Simpsons related and just been left high and dry? I always say to Jet when he does something naughty, "I kill you, scum." Ah, uh, yeah, right. And everyone's and Jet like, Whoa. just doesn't understand. Not just Jet, the people, my friends are like, what? You're going to kill your dog? I'm like, no, it's when, you know, it's the note that Homer writes for Bart when Sideshow Bob sends the letters. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine, the, the worst one that I've ever done of all time, it wasn't a Simpsons reference. It's, it's not even a reference to anything, but my mates and I, we'd taken, whenever, like, you know, say I was passing you a drink. We would say back to them in the voice of Terence and Philip, cheers, fuckface. Yeah. And it was just a thing that we were doing for ages. And we'd spent like an entire weekend just wherever possible saying cheers, fuckface to people. We then went out to get some fish and chips and I paid for my fish and chips and they gave me the the meal and said, oh, have a nice didn't. night. Just out of instinct and reflex, I didn't even know that I was doing it. I went, cheers, fuckface. And they just stared at me. <laughs> this polite little Asian woman who was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and and, and my, I would love to have seen what my face looked like because as soon as those words were out, I was like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I just left. I was yeah. Like you can't, you can't apologize out of that. You can't call someone a fuckface and then say sorry. <laughs> they just have to leave. And never, made it worse, man. And never go back. Yeah. And then, if it did that, you're right. It would have made it worse because I imagine her like, you know, what, what, what did I why do? did he do it? Yeah. For months, <laughs> she'd just be having this. This customer came in. I gave him his flake. I put it. I put in the extra two potato cakes or scallops, depending on where you're from. Yeah. He called me a fuckface. <laughs> I dare to do it again. Uh, all right, let's Sporting Globe tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you, someone you, stabbed me with a steak knife. Have you got a Simpsons one? Um, What's a Simpsons reference you use a lot? Well, I don't know if there's any one that I use. To be I, honest, I, like, every I time just, I park my car, remember we're in the itchy yeah, lot. I know you're big on that, and it drives Nicola insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I more just will like whatever situation because there are so many situations. I try to keep it fluid. Like it'll just something will occur. Oh, actually, if I'm ever playing around a golf with a, a new bunch of people and I'm on the on the first tee, just give it that little, you have selected power drive. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't laugh at that, I know it's going to be a shit round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's the next question? Uh, that's it. That's our three. That's oh, our three. Did we yeah. get three free questions just then? Yeah. Well, we smashed that. Golden years of the Simpsons. Yeah. Favorite future moment and that. Oh, okay. Fair enough. How efficient are we? Yeah. <laughs> I 
I've just been too busy trying to find cufflinks. Yeah. But now, this has all just been a build-up to, of course, the challenge and the uh, the shout-outs uh, yeah. uh, have all led to this moment. All right. So, before you do your impression, we'll play uh, Luke's impression of Jimmy Stewart. Well, should we play... Can we quickly just play the audio of actual Jimmy Stewart? Because it's fairly reasonable. Which part do you want, though? Do you want the part of what Luke says? Lassoing the moon? Yeah, let, let, he, he, didn't, he didn't say that part. He didn't did get he? to the lassoing the moon. He prefers the, the lead up to but that. I'll just give you, give you a taste of what he sounds like. Yeah, okay. Do you know how long it takes a working man to save $5,000? Just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Okay, so that was Mitch's impression. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, no, so that was that's Jimmy. That's OG Jimmy Stewart from Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, which I'm going to see on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I think I mentioned I'm so excited about that. So now here's Luke's version of that one. Mm-hmm. What do you want, Mary? You, do you want the moon? Well, just say a word. I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down there for you. Say, that's not a bad idea. I was impressed by it. I got to say, that's pretty goddamn good. I was listening to that and I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've mentioned this before. It was really, I was very, very impressed with it. Um, maybe the accent wavered just a tiny little bit at times, but the, the mannerisms of the speech and all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, he's going to really... that one. <laughs> um, Yours better be pretty good, man. Uh, no, no. I don't know that mine's going to be that good, but um, let's see what I can do. I'm shaking the dust off this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy. Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum, and and then I'm going to come back here to college and see what they know, and then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long, and, what, you going to throw a rock? Say, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm impressed by that. I reckon his is better, to be perfectly honest, but it's, it's hard to really listen to myself as I'm doing it. Well, Luke said that he used to work in a video store, so I can imagine he spent many hours spent just sitting around. a his- lot of time just... I'd love to think that he had his boss was called Mr. Potter. So whenever he was told something, called, well, hold on now, Mr. Potter. <laughs> uh, all of your fancy video tapes, they don't amount to nothing here if we're not looking out for the little fella, too. Uh, I, I couldn't do that impression. Sorry, I think I actually do it better when I'm not trying to follow the script. I was about to say, when, when you're not trying to do what he's actually meant to say, yeah. you do a better job of it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this could be me for the rest of the day, now that I've done that. Because it is... Look at the smile on my face sure, right now. Fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, and it's uh, it's nearly December, and, and it's it's nearly Christmas time. And when I think to Christmas, I think Jimmy Stewart. You know what? I was going to say this at the start, but I forgot. I want your your thoughts on this. We have our Christmas tree up as of yesterday. Okay, is that too early? No, not too early. Nah, you're a month out. I thought it was too. I thought it was too early, but Nicola loves it so much. I was like, I'm not going to stop you. Who gives a shit? Like, it, it really annoys me when people get all oh, putting Christmas lights up already. Or oh my god, it's only February and they're already selling Easter. eggs. I didn't care. I was like, oh, it seems a bit early, but anyway, yeah. whatever. They should sell Easter eggs and hot cross buns all fucking year round because oh, they're delicious. <laughs> I, I love Christmas to the point where I would just leave my Christmas tree up all year. Yeah, like uh, who cares? People are happier at Christmas time. Exactly, make, make a Christmas all year if round. If it's spreading joy and cheer, what difference does it make? What's your favorite thing about Christmas? Um, it's well, just the general feeling of of the town or the city that you're in. Everyone's yeah. happy. Exactly, everyone's relaxed. It's the way the world should be all the time. Like. Yeah. No one worries about whatever petty little differences that they have. You, you very rarely see any road rage on Christmas. Like yeah. it's just, it, it's just what it's supposed to be about. We're all people. It used to be about when I was, a and kid. I say, "Hey, yeah. <laughs> when I'm walking down the street." <laughs> I, when I was a kid, I used to love getting presents. The anticipation, man, oh of, yeah, the excitement of that morning, like Christmas Eve. How great was it? Yeah, like waking up early, you're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" There's presents yep. in the land room. 
But now it's and just that overall sense of just togetherness. Traditions that I still keep to this day of I'll sit down and watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Um, and I so badly miss this, but the panel, the TV show in Australia called The Panel, which was um, literally that. It was just five well, just five people on a panel discussing the the sort of current events and that sort of thing with yeah. a comedy twist. They would do the Christmas rap where they'd look back through that entire year. Okay, yeah, it was yeah. just fantastic to have on in the background. Like, you've had... So it's kind of this, actually, a panel clip show. I think they show. did that on... If I'm not mistaken, that was actually on Christmas Eve. Like on the sorry, not Christmas Eve, but like Christmas night where they would so like you'd have Really? You'd have spent your Obviously entire not day. Live, yeah. then. No, no, it's still live. They would all come into the studio on, on Christmas and, cool. and put the show on. Um and it was great. Like you've had your big day and you're tired and then you just chuck the T V on and you'd watch that for an hour and a half and you just go off happy. And yeah, it, yeah, it was they're the things that I really love and miss. Well, not, I miss that show, but like yeah. that's the aspect of Christmas that I enjoy. I love putting on the TV at like six in the morning on Sat on Christmas Day, and it's like the Jetsons Christmas special and all that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That is really really cool. Like, um, to an extent, the thing that I don't like about Christmas is that not everything needs to be Christmas related, and every shopping center starts playing carols and Christmas themed songs, and it that bugs me a I like little that. bit. Yeah, like I, I don't know. There are a lot of really cool contemporary Christmas songs that that don't get enough of a run. I think. I'll tell Have you, you heard what. of the um? It's an Irish one. Uh, no, Nicola loves it. Oh, I'll ask Nicola. Hang there's on. there's two that I absolutely love. My two favorite Christmas songs. Yeah. There's um. Tim mentions White Wine in the Sun. Have you yeah. ever heard that? No, no, no. Listeners, jump on YouTube, look up Tim Minchin, White Wine in the Sun. It's fantastic. And the other one is Tim Friedman, because I like my Tims. Uh, Tim Friedman doing a cover of Maybe This Christmas on Rockwiz, which okay. is another really beautiful song. Yeah. Um, they're my two. They're my two go-to Christmas I know Mariah songs. Carey loves Christmas time. Uh, or does she ever? Because it's the only time she gets played. No way. Mariah Carey's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just googling Irish Christmas songs. It's the Fairy Tale of New York. That's what it's called. Okay, it's a great song. It's a, It's got the word faggot in it. Oh, yeah. as in sticks? Or I don't know. No. <laughs> but is it by Dire Straits? No, but the little faggot with the earring and the makeup. Nicola loves this song. It's called Fairy Tale of New York, and she, there's a. It's like a conversation between a woman and a man who don't like each other, but they come together at Christmas time, kind of thing. Like they've just accepted that they're they're stuck together for life. It's Christmas time. Let's just enjoy it. Kind okay. of kind of attitude. And whenever the woman comes on in the song, Nicola has to sing it word for word. She gets yeah. so into it. And like, Nicola loves Christmas, and it sort of being with Nicola brought back my love of Christmas. Yeah. So I love putting together like the Christmas mixtape, like yeah, CD, yeah, put nice. it in the car and stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. But the Fairy Tale of New York. If you haven't listened to that, check it out. It's a great song. All right. Brilliant. Oh. It's not even Christmas yet. <laughs> I know we've gotten carried away. It's but you Christmas just special. reminded me on mis- mixtape. This is my last thing. I'm going to get in so much trouble for telling this story. But I have to do it. You have to now. I was talking to Ash. Because uh, if you didn't, I wouldn't have edited that part out. Part of what <laughs> Ash is doing over in South Africa, like, you know, the, she's working, obviously, but they're doing as much as they can outside of that because you never know when you might be back in that country. They went out to see a concert, you know, local concert group, whatever they were. Mm-hmm. She said the first 10 minutes weren't great, but then it kind of picked up a little bit. But she was saying that everyone was like, these guys are, are really, really good. They played with um, Paul Simon recently. Mm. Yeah. Well, that was my response. I was like, oh, wow. She said... I'm not entirely sure who Paul Simon is. Oh. Yes. How do you not know Paul Simon? He was in Geelong recently. Was he? Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was like, but Bob, Simon and Garfunkel. I've got, uh, who, who? I'm like. What? She said that? Yeah. She, <laughs> she's like, I'm like, um, Sounds of Silence or uh, what was the other? I started singing You Can Call Me Al. It just got Blake Stairs. I'm like, Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Robinson, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I know that. I just didn't know who did it. I'm like, but that's like. It's like saying, yeah, I know the song Rolling Stone. So, she doesn't know that. Like, she like falls a- asleep during Star Wars. 
I know. What are you doing? (laughs) Obviously not enough to educate her, but I've downloaded the best of um, Simon and Garfunkel, and when I pick her up from the airport, that is all she gets to listen to. (laughs) I'm not going to say a word until we get to the until the entire album has played through. I was going to get into some more Christmas stuff, but I thought we'll save it for the Christmas special. I can't believe I've done that. I'm in so much trouble. Why? Because she was angry at me just for telling Tom. Now <laughs> 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 I've told everybody. Yeah, thousands of people are going to hear it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, now we're at that point in the relationship where if something happens, it's probably going to make its way onto the podcast. <laughs> it's the best part of the podcast, though. It the is. Nitty and gritty. Yeah. This is, it's, um, you know what that was? That was. You know, she's going to listen to this on the way home we'll tie, and then not come home. We'll tie it back into Christmas and into Seinfeld. That was just my Festivus airing of the grievances. <laughs> Another tease for the Seinfeld podcast that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks to our official sponsors, The Simpsons Best Moments Facebook page and NoHomers.net. Chuck them a like and go visit the website. Check out all the forums on NoHomers.net. Anything else you need to mention, Mitch? Nah, I'm pretty good. Yeah. All right. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys later. See you guys. Shh.